camp in so many ways give shape to the Holy Spirit. Just 50 days after the first Easter, the Hebrews gathered to celebrate the Festival of Weeks, also known as Shavuot, also known as Pentecost. And of course, at this Pentecost, things would be different. During the Festival of Weeks, many tribes from different cultures and different regions with different languages would come together to celebrate. And at this Pentecost, there was a collection of 120 of Jesus's followers among them. Now the Holy Spirit came among those followers and gave them the ability to understand each other and uh, others to understand them, even though they didn't share the same spoken language. As you can imagine, this was a, a pretty big deal. And of course, this started causing a commotion amongst others who were celebrating and people started thronging to where this was happening. Soon enough, Peter, the rock, he was in the crowd and he mustered the courage to stand up and speak to the people. He went on to reference Hebrew prophecy and God's promise to pour out God's spirit. And he pointed to what just happened as the fulfillment of that promise. And people were moved. They were, they were so overcome that this group of 120 of Jesus's followers grew to 3,000 in just one day. It was the beginning of what we know as the Christian church and is often considered to be the birthday of Christianity. We usually celebrate Pentecost somewhere near the beginning of May, end of June. And I know it might be a little weird me standing up here talking about Pentecost and it's February. We haven't even started Lent yet, but I think it's worth noting that the celebration of Pentecost, excuse me, that the birthday of Christianity aligns with the beginning of the summer camp season. Now at camp, of course, we welcome children and youth and even adults who come from different cities and different communities, different churches. Some United Methodist churches, some, they don't go to church. Most of them share the same first spoken language, though not all. They come to camp with vast differences. And still at camp, the Holy Spirit moves among us, much like those crowds of people at the Festival of Weeks, so that we can see each other and understand each other and value each other. Now, certainly I believe that the Holy Spirit can and will move. And at camp, we create a container that hopefully makes it easier for the Holy Spirit to be felt. We make sure that we communicate with campers and parents and staff about what to expect. We set really clear guidelines and procedures and rules and policies about what time in our community looks like and how we all engage in the community. And we have dedicated staff and volunteers who put a lot of love into offering this time. I like to think that a huge reason why the Holy Spirit is felt so freely, freely amongst our diverse camper and staff community is because of that extra time and attention that staff and volunteers put into growing their leadership skills 
their faith, and thus the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And in fact, at Mingus Mountain, our counselor interns, they join us for a 10-day orientation and volunteer staff to dedicate over 12 hours of time to training in all sorts of different ways so that they can be the best kinds of leaders God is calling them to be. And one of the activities I like to lead during our training, not every year, but often, is um, an activity that helps staff understand how they connect with other people. Um, this activity is called As If, and it's so easy. We're going to play it today. Dun, dun, dun. This is a role-playing game. Uh, but don't worry, everyone, it's going to be okay. You're not going to have to act out in front of other people because we're all going to be doing this at the same time. So what we're going to do in a moment, but not yet, I'm going to say the magic word. The magic word is boogity boogity boo. When I say that, you'll stand up and you'll find a partner. If you're unable to stand, just wave your hand around. And if you, excuse me, you who are able to stand would go find that person who's sitting. All right. Once you've found your partner, choose partner A and choose partner one. Boogity boogity boo. All right. Once you've found your partner, give me a thumbs up so I know you're ready. All right. If you would stand like two feet from your partner and face them and you know kind of just like give them a little wave skis all right before this activity i'm going to give you a prompt so partner a is going to approach partner one as if this prompt so i might say partner a approach partner one as if they're your mom right and then that's how you would approach I'll give you like 10 seconds to approach and play it out. And then you'll, I'll ask you to separate back again. Ready? Awesome. Partner A, greet partner one as if they're your best friend who's, who's been traveling and just got home. Go. <laughs> Right, wonderful. If you can look back up at me. All right, good job. Did you see? Right? You're like, that's easy to greet my best friend. I have overheard them here, and there was a lot of like good energy. All right, now they're going to switch. Partner one, you're going to greet partner A as if they're your favorite teacher from school. Go. When I say Mingus, you say mountain, Mingus. Mountain. Mingus. Mingus. Mountain. Mingus. Mountain. I can't pass her over here. When I say Mingus, you say mountain, Mingus. Mountain. Nice job. Now, okay, so there were some bugs when you saw your best friend. Being a little more reserved when you ran into your teacher. Although I did see some really effusive love over here. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make it a smidge harder. Because remember, we use this activity to, to identify how we connect with people. Partner A, greet partner one 
as if they're your neighbor, but not just any neighbor. That neighbor who like gets on your nerves a little bit. <laughs> that neighbor, go. When I say meekers, you say mountain meekers. Meekers. Nice job. I saw a lot of reserved that time, right? Ladies over here, I saw them go. Hmm. <laughs> nice, but a little more reserved. All right. Now, partner one, greet partner A as if they're a visitor to your church who has a noticeable physical disability. Go. That was lovely. That was lovely. When I say Mikas, we say Mount Mikas. So much attention and dedication to connecting with that person. All right, now we're going to get a little harder. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a little harder. Last two rounds. Partner A, greet partner one as if they are someone you know votes differently than you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, when I say Mingus, you say Mountain Mingus. Mingus. I love it when I do that part of me, I can hear people giggling and I'm like, oh yeah, fine no matter what, right? But like sometimes when you know, you know. All right, and then final round, partner one, greet partner A as if they are another church member that you disagreed with at a meeting last week. Go. <laughs> All right, you all, you all, everyone can take a seat. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just heard my husband get ripped for having to put up with this all the time, and that is true. That is true. He's usually my guinea pig. Like, do we put this stuff now, of course, that was just a role-playing experience to help us all consider how we connect with others, how we approach people who we're comfortable with, how we approach people who we're a little less comfortable with, how we approach people that we've had conflict with, how we approach people that we just don't know. And if we had more time, I'd facilitate some conversation for all of us about what we may have learned. But since we don't quite have that time today, we're gonna to do just a couple of moments of silent reflection. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to think about um, any insights that you just gleaned about yourself. So I'd like you to consider this question. What did I learn about myself and how I encounter others? What did I learn about myself and how I encounter others? And the second question I would pose to you this morning is, 
What I'm going to learn about this community and how this community responds to others. So some of you may be sitting there thinking um, you didn't really glean a whole lot of new information, but that it reinforced what you know to be true about yourself or your community. Some of you might be thinking about the Super Bowl. Some of you may have experienced even a tiny little aha moment. Maybe you realized you're actually really comfortable with the folks who are different than you. Maybe you realized you have a tendency to jump to conclusions. Maybe you realized you're actually really comfortable with conflict. You were like, boom, I'm going to solve that conflict with that church member who disagree with Maybe you realize that this community is so much more loving than you'd identified or acknowledged before. There could be a ton more of, of little nuggets of insight that I haven't lifted up. I can't claim to read your minds. But what I can tell you for sure is that when we play this activity with camp staff, they're able to learn so much about how they connect with other people and about how they might deal with people who are different than them or address conflict and how they relate to one another and how they relate to others in the ordinary world. Now we at Mingus are blessed by a diverse group of counselor interns and volunteers. These leaders come from a variety of backgrounds and family life, and they have expansive differences, sometimes very culturally different, ethnicities are different, races are different. And with them, they bring a rich tapestry of diversity that we are able to offer campers. So then that our campers can see themselves in leadership. All of this comes together and points back to that Pentecost experience. Camp is a place where we see and value one another amid our differences. And sometimes there are issues, there can be conflict, there can be cliques, and unfortunately the occasional bullying. But what we're good at and where the Holy Spirit shows up time and again is how we acknowledge and handle those things. We don't just sweep stuff under the rug. We identify and acknowledge those differences and issues, and then we work as a community to address them. In fact, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, enabling us to communicate and come together, even though we're not all cookie-cutter people. And a large part of that is because of the high value we place on the fruits of the Spirit. And when we place that value on the fruits, then we are able to come together and emphasize trust. And as that trust grows, we lean further into the fruits of the Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit moves more and more. We become that snake-eating snake thing. I, I can never remember the word of it. And I have seen this at every camp where I've ever worked, from Virginia to California to Nevada and here in Arizona. And last summer was no different. One of the stories I have from last summer is about one of our counselor interns at Mingus. Um, she applied because her auntie is involved at Mingus and had encouraged her to join staff to grow her leadership skills and, and possibly to be embraced in a community she'd never quite had before. 
She had a really great job interview and she was offered the job really swiftly. But then when orientation started, she showed up a very different person from whom we'd interviewed. She seemed really distracted. She was only half invested. And it was really clear she didn't really want to be at camp. So Jonathan, who's the assistant director at Mingus, he and I checked in with each other um, about her lack of enthusiasm. And after we discussed it and we prayed over it, we decided we would lean into the fruits of the spirit and we'd center back on trust together. And trusting God that she was meant to be at camp as a leader, trusting ourselves that we could teach her what she needed to know and trust in her that she was ready to serve in ministry in this way. Well, by the end of orientation, we started seeing the signs of the person we'd interviewed. She was engaged in the training, she was participating, and she seemed to just be unfolding into a bright and lovely human. And friends, that unfolding kept happening. Each week of camp, as we lived into those fruits, centering on trust, she just kept growing in confidence and in skill. Certainly the fruits were growing within her. She started asking for meetings with me once a week. Um, she just wanted to have some face time. And at those meetings, she told me about her family life. She had a pretty volatile upbringing and her mom had basically been absent since she was a child. She lamented that she'd never really had an adult she could trust and that her own faith in herself and in God was lacking because of it. When camp ended, she departed a, a transformed person from a hurting person to a healing person, from someone lacking confidence to someone bubbling over with self-assurance, from someone unsure if she is loved to someone filled with God's love. In her words, at her excerpt interview, she said to me, for the first time in my life, I know what it's like to have an adult I can trust. And all because we strive to live into those fruits so that trust is at our center. Now, maybe you've been to camp or maybe you haven't, but I can attest to this. The Holy Spirit is moving among us. The diversity we share is cherished by our creator. And the fruits of the spirit are equipping us and centering us on trust. And you are invited to join us, no matter in which way you serve, as a camper, a donor, a supporter, a, a camper parent, a camper, camper grandparent, a staff person, a volunteer, each person who is a part of the Mingus community further helps all of us live into the fruits of the Spirit to create those meaningful Pentecost experiences. Thank you.